You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. And for those who made it through the end of UFC Vegas 68, kudos to you. I was one of those people. I didn't think I would be one of those people, but the way the work night continued on, once it was all done, I was only left with the main event. So once you get that far, you got to just go th- across the finish line. But as always, we are back for some matchmaking following the UFC's latest Apex events. This past Saturday, I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always in this venture, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, he's the prince of positivity, he's the best friend, and the man who is already declared and will continue to declare 2023 the year of the raw dog, Alexander uh, Kaylee. AK, my best, how are you? My best friend, inaccurate, I did declare it, I won't continue to declare it, uh, we'll see how it goes, <laughs> we'll see how it goes, I will bring it up again whenever Mr. Roy Val fights i don't know if i'll just be bringing it up unprompted i reluctantly you know made that claim earlier but we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes mike uh yesterday's uh, saturday's car as i say could not be fresher in my mind beltor 290 a memorable <laughs> card and ufc vegas 68 literally because i finished watching it the the rest of the main card that i that i had to catch up on like half an hour ago so <laughs> as of this recording so uh yes everything's very fresh i'm excited to talk about both cards of course we're only really going to do matchmaking for uh ufc vegas 68 as this is typically a ufc matchmaking show but uh plenty to talk about uh, on on saturday's fights whichever show you you happen to tune in for whether it's either or or uh, or both well i mean you mentioned bellator they made mm. their debut on cbs i thought a lot of things went very well for them I gave it a solid B, which is a good score. This was this had potential to be, if we're doing the AK Lee gymnastics score, I felt like this could have hit like a 9.5 if everything went perfectly, if all the moments they needed came to fruition. And right out the gate, we had Brennan Ward, Saba Hamasi, who delivered an absolute barn burner. Brennan Ward looked tremendous, gets the finish, gets Jean-Claude Van Damme to come into the cage, and it was a very awkward but very funny moment between those two guys. And then we get to Johnny Eblen versus Anatoly Tokov. And all week I kept saying, that if anybody can become a star on this card, it's Johnny Eblen. And I think the hardcore fans will appreciate him no matter what happens because I was pretty confident he would win. But if he just went ran, went out there and just dump truck to Tokov and finish him in like the second or third round and then cut a good promo, boom, he's like off to the races. His stock just rises tremendously, not just amongst the hardcore fan base, but amongst some of the casual audience who were probably watching Bellator for the first time. In the end, his stock grew tremendously amongst the the hardcore fan base. I don't know if the casual appeal really rang true, but still, this guy is incredible. He's just scratching the surface. And then, of course, we had the the tough end, the end we kind of expected for Fedor Emelianenko gets finished by Ryan Bader, who retains the heavyweight title. So, Prelims were pretty fun, too. Postlims I did not watch, but apparently all those fights went to decisions. But Mm -hmm. your overall thoughts about Bellator 290, the CBS debut, the main card, did it meet your expectations? What do you give it a grade? 
I think your B grade is right on point. You can maybe push it to a B plus, but I think that's generous. I think B is, and, and again, and it's. I think people are going to hear this and think we're being critical, but like, no, B is really good for it's a incredible th- a three fight card on CBS on national television. Um, given the given what you're what you're playing with here, because yeah, you wanted to start off with a banger. They picked up Ward Hamasi. We all thought this was going to end up finish. Most people saying first round, but definitely no more than no more than two rounds. It really depended who you picked, I think. I think if you thought Homasi was going to win, you're going, like, first-round knockout. If you thought Ward was going to win, you're probably going second round, which is which is what we saw. He outlasted him uh, and just finished in that super exciting Brendan Ward way. So that was fun. Eblen Tokov kind of split the difference with a lot of our opinions. A lot of us thought, yes, Eblen's performance uh, was going to be, you know, could, could be really standout given his level of opposition. I think Tokov is, like, a top 20, top 25 middleweight. Uh, again, depending how you view Bellator competition. So he, he's, he was legitimately, and I was saying this all week, like the biggest threat to Eblen right now. I don't think there's anyone else in the middleweight division right now that is a threat to Eblen. I think he, if he, I think he could knock off another couple of title defenses this year, maybe be in fighter of the year discussion as long as he stays health, you know, health permitting. So uh, once he got, gets got past uh, Tokov, I thought that was big. But yeah, it was... If you hadn't watched martial arts in a while or had never watched martial arts and this was like your first, like, you know, you're tuning into CBS to see, oh, cool, like a title fight. I want to see what an MMA title fight looks like. like. I thought this was a decent representation of it. Um, Eblen is that new generation of fighter who's who has a combat sports background in wrestling, sure, but it's just generally very, very well-rounded. This guy walked into a, you know, a gym saying, I want to train MMA, not like, oh, I want to take my wrestling and just be a wrestler and go from there. He's like, no, teach me MMA. Um, he's 31 years old, but he's a young, I think he's a young 31. He's a fresh 31. And I, I thought this was a good showing for him. So yeah, right in between, not, not going to light your hair on fire if you've never seen MMA before, but if you're curious with MMA and want to see what high level MMA looks like, you kind of saw this. You're like, Oh, interesting. This is what it looks like when, when a young man mixes the martial arts. So, uh, yeah. And, and unfortunately for the post fight promo, a lot of swearing, <laughs> completely <laughs> muted uh, on CBS, understandably. So maybe a missed opportunity there for Johnny. But I thought he did decent in his uh, uh, the post-fight, the post-fight press conference. I thought he did decent. Dropped a little Adam Sandler, Billy Madison line in there to close it out. Not bad. And um, Bader, Melianenko, too. A lot of us figured this was going to end similar to the first fight, and it did. Bader, first-round knockout. I, I'm like, how did you feel about whether they should have done the ceremony at the beginning or the end? I, I, I was leaning towards do it at the beginning, and based on how the fight went, I guess we're somewhat justified in that. But it wasn't like, it wasn't horrible. I didn't think it went horribly uh, with, with, with Fedor getting finished and them still doing uh, like a quick five, ten minute, you know, it wasn't even ten minutes, like five minutes post-fight before, uh, you know, before the credits rolled. It kind of turned out okay. Yeah, I, I would have done it. I loved Ariel's idea of doing it at the top of the broadcast. But as mm-hmm. Scott Coker said, when you plan out a show like this, it's already like formatted. You can't change mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. especially when you're dealing with network television. So I totally got that. What I would have done was I like for, for Fedor's entrance, I would have brought him out then, like in, introduce oh. each individual one on one, like one by one. They come out on the stage and then they kind of line the ramp up, like even on each side. And as and then you introduce Fedor, he walks in amongst the legends. He shakes all their hands. They shake his hand back. It's just a nice moment. They're like all cornering him in a way. They're all walking him to the cage. I would have loved that. But I'm with you. The idea of them coming in after, especially the way we saw the fight, or, or especially the way we thought the fight might play out, it was a little icky. I, I didn't want Fedor to just be like completely out to lunch and just being just in really bad shape, and then they still try to do the ceremony because I didn't want to see that. But this actually, like Fedor, you know, was 
defensively sound. He was just getting battered. The referee just, it was a mercy stoppage more than anything. And Fedor was, he was a little bloody and battered, but he was okay. He had his wits to him. I, I thought the moment could have been worse, but it actually turned out better than I thought it would. So yeah, I was fine with it for sure. And yeah, it, it worked out, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, and listen, good for Ryan Bader. I think he handled the whole week as well as he could. He knows for this sure. was the this was Fedor fight week. I think on our site we probably wrote like ten Fedor articles, slap videos, podcasts, maybe one or two. I don't even maybe one quote from Ryan Bader. Uh, no disrespect to Ryan. Again, he's he's a great champion for Bellator. Um, but he knows. He said post fight like yes, and it's about him. I know I was sort of wearing the black hat this week, and uh, you know I, he said he wasn't even stressed about that, and he was just more concerned about just being beating Fedor again with the expectation that he's supposed to, uh, which he did, which it took a little longer than last time. Fedor honestly still looks dangerous at that. He just, when he just starts swinging hands, you do wonder like, man, (laughs) what if Fedor had gotten caught by one of those? Like it easily could have dropped him, but Fedor very defensively responsible, uh, made sure that didn't happen. And uh, we'll, we'll see what's next for, for Ryan Bader. I sound like Scott Coker there. Oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to go to the meeting and see what's next. That was very Cokerish. (laughs) That was very very Cokerish. Um, but yeah, I think we agree. B, and I hope to see Bellator on CBS again. Again, they have to have a, a, the right card for it. You can't just throw it on once every four months. It's just not going to work out that way. Uh, with respect to uh, Marcelo Gulm and uh, Daniel James, that have that coming up, like that's not going to headline a CBS card. Uh, but they, they, I hope they have another opportunity. It might. I, I don't know if they have concrete plans. It could be another year, honestly, till we see it happen again. But this this felt right. This felt really good. And uh, shout outs again to the broadcast in general for the most part i did like some of the things they did i i mentioned our slack they did a nice little feature on um here's all the cool stuff that's happened in bellator recently i'm like that's great you just had you just had the hamas uh, the ward hamasi fight people are probably still tuning in and they need a little break after that violence and then you show them like oh cool this is here this is sergio pettis if you ever heard of sergio pettis this, this is this cool knockout he did and uh patricio pitbull this is one of our cool guys you know watch out for him you had agent mckee on the desk and i think amanda guerra i want to shout her out is one of the is one of the best uh, uh desk people in mma right now i think she does such an awesome job uh quarterbacking those segments so it was just a, it was just a strong night overall and i hope we do see um mma on cbs again soon uh, I mean, I'll disagree with you on one thing. I don't think she's one of the best. I okay. think she is the best. Oh, she is the best. She is the best. Really good. She is the best. Uh, I think she's the best desk host in the sport right now. Mm-hmm. Like I know mm-hmm. Megan. Like when Megan Olivi does, she does great. Fantastic. But Megan's Megan's better as like the 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 Roman reporter. She's fantastic. I still don't know how and Megan Laura does too. We'll talk about lower for sure in, a, in more in a second, but I still don't know how Megan times the the standing when the fighter's walking out. I'd be so nervous that I mistime it and like someone bumps into me. I mean, maybe I'm making it sound harder than it is, but she does it so consistently well that the, the pre-fight walkout promo. I don't know. Maybe there's a technique to it. I don't know that makes it easier. It looks incredibly hard, and she just nails it every time. So yeah, shout out to it's Megan incredible. as well, of course. That's so good. Yeah, and, and and I'm gonna do it. I mean, like I said, AK, it's a new year, it's a new me. Mm-hmm. Trying to mend fences. Um, I don't like when I have bad relationships with people. No, um, but I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Not only did Amanda Guerra do a great job last night, Josh Thompson did a great job last night. Really? Too. I was. Yeah, I thought they both did a great job when those when look were some of the desk hits during the prelims not spectacular for both of them. Sure, but when the bright lights came on and they were on CBS and that main card was going, those two were fantastic. They were great. They were great. I loved it. And I agree with you. I love what they did. What 
here's here's our guy here. Here's this guy. We have these fighters. This is what's happening. Here's uh, Yaroslav Amosov. His story's incredible. Like, all that stuff was great. Uh, I didn't think they went to the... At first, I'm like, I just hope they don't go to the desk, like, too, too much. Um, and I felt they did it just right. And I thought Josh did a great job. I th- Amanda just is such a great conductor. She's mm-hmm, so good. Mm-hmm. And you could tell Josh is so much looser and just more relaxed when he's with her. And I like I see that stuff from a broadcasting standpoint immediately. Cuz there I mean anyone can not I'm saying anyone, but those who are all, all do good job, but you could tell when the people that they work with when their demeanor changes and they just feel like they're not even nervous because they know that the conductor of the train is going to send them in the right direction. And I thought they killed it. I thought Josh did a great job. And I'll say that. And you know what? Clip that off for the podcast because <laughs> it's not all bad stuff. And it hasn't been all bad stuff on Josh. But this is great. I, I, I thought it was a, a home run. I am going to ding them a little bit, though. I am going to ding them a little bit. The Paramount sure. Plus thing was a disaster. Oh, boy. It yeah. Was what was up with disaster that? What was up with that? Because I have no idea. So... I was going to watch it on Paramount Plus. That's what I was going to watch it on. I have I have it right here in Command Center 4.0 on the TV. I also have, like, we have cable in the house, but I have to run it through an app. And sometimes it's a little crappy and sometimes it's delayed a bit. So for me, I was like, I was going to watch it on Paramount Plus. It's right there. It's, it's going to be easy peasy. And turn on Paramount Plus. There's the poster and the thumbnail. Click on it. It's just nothing. And I'm like, okay. And then I see Jed Mishu is having the same issue. And I see on social media and people are DMing me like crazy. Like, I can't watch it on Paramount Plus. What's going on? Then we find out it's a tier thing. If you have the premium subscription, then you can watch it on Paramount Plus. If not, you can watch it through the app as long as you go through your cable service. So I was like, you know what? That was kind of a miss. I mean, the way it was presented was if you have this almost like because to me, I have the Paramount Plus Showtime combo app where Showtime is like embedded in Paramount Plus. And Showtime, if the Bellator card's on Showtime, I could just go through Paramount Plus and watch it through that. So I thought it was going to be the exact same thing. Turns out it was not the exact same thing, and that caused some people some people some problems. So maybe we should have been a little more clear about that. I know Bellator PR, great PR team, love those guys. Uh, I had reached out to somebody, told me kind of about the tier thing, and then they tweeted it out to let people know. But that was kind of a whiff. That was kind of a whiff. Yeah. As far as the fights went, all was good. Here's a little nit, another nitpicky thing. And someone DM me this morning and they said, don't, don't mention my name and I'm not going to loves the shows, loves the breakdowns and all this stuff. But they felt like I was a little hard on Johnny Eblen. And I just don't agree with him because I've said nothing but great things about Johnny Eblen. I think Johnny Eblen in my rankings, I think I'm at six. Now he's going to be a top five guy. Uh, he might be a top three guy. I haven't decided yet. But he'll probably land right behind Robert Whitaker at number four, which is a pretty damn good place to be because I am that high on that guy. And as I've said many times before, I do think he can be a star because he's a great fighter. He does have an exceptional personality. He's funny as hell. The dude gets it. He's dropping, like you said, dropping Sandler quotes at the post-fight press conference. This guy can be a star. We have to position him to do so. And I don't blame Bellator for this. I don't even really blame Johnny Eblen for this. Johnny kicked that crap out of Anatoly Tokov. That was an impressive performance. But CBS, you're trying to get new audience. I don't know if that quite did it, but we would have done it, AK. We would have done it and gotten this guy some headlines. And some people don't agree with me, but I feel like this is the absolute thing he should have done. He should have called out Luke Rockhold after that win. He should have called out Luke Rockhold (laughs) because, look, is he going to run over Luke Rockhold more than likely? 
Yeah. But Luke is by far the biggest name he would have ever... Like, Gegard Mousasi, I love Gegard Mousasi. But Luke Rockhold is a bigger name than Gegard Mousasi. Luke Rockhold, realistically, right this second, is the biggest fight he can get. It's the biggest name he can get, the biggest star he can possibly fight right this second. Because we can compare him to the to Alex Pereira and Izzy and Whitaker and all those people, but he can't. he's not going to fight those guys. He can't fight any, any of them. The biggest fight he can get realistically right now that I think Bellator could get done right now is fighting Luke Rockhold. I think he missed there. And then he had a chance at the post fight press conference. Nobody asked him about it, which I, I, I couldn't believe nobody asked him about it. I can't believe nobody asked him about it. Luke was supposedly going to be in the building for this. I, I thought it was a perfect way to call it out. He didn't do it. I'm not dinging him too much. But I want this guy to be a star. Like, I think he can be. And mm-hmm. I call it like that. The, our site would just be like Johnny Eblen calls out Luke Rockhold for a fight. I'll kick his ass or all respect. But I'm going to put the boots to you. Like all good stuff. He'd be, he'd be taking over the headlines right now, but alas, I'm not dinging him. I just think it would have been because I want good things for this guy. I want good things for the human cheat code and future nicknames to be determined later, but that would have been a great spot for him to, to make an impact. That's just my opinion. Uh, yeah, and like you said, we're 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 picking nits here. You know, we're picking nits here. The the, the oh, fact yeah. that he's the, the man. The fact that we're we're talking so much about this card and it's kind of sending our minds in so many different directions kind of tells you how compelling you know this event was and, and what a great job they did of, of putting it together. And again, we talk about degree of difficulty and gymnastics skill and all that. Again, the degree of difficulty of doing a quality uh, MMA show on a mainstream uh, network like CBS on on network television is very 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 high. And for the most part, they did an excellent job. The fighters did an excellent job of, of representing themselves. Um, yeah, if we just Luke Rockhold, you know, a familiar name to maybe some of these CBS viewers who had not watched MMA or not, you know, kept up with it too much since the Strike Force days. You know, uh, a familiar name. It would have certainly certainly piqued some interest. And, and it moves the needle a lot more than uh, a Musasi rematch for sure. And, or Fabian or, Edwards, or Fabian Edwards, who which I think is compelling, but is not like for again, that's a hard, compelling for us hardcores is not going to move the needle with a casual viewer, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I like that. But uh, I, I do want to say, hopefully, uh, they can follow this up. Uh, uh, speaking of Bellator, they have a decent card coming up on the 25th. I don't know what the plans are as far as... It's in Dublin, so I don't know what the plan... These these, these uh, overseas shows always confuse me with the tape delay. Parts of it are tape delayed. Parts of it aren't. Some of it are live. Some of it they show later. I'm assuming this is all going to be live. It is on Showtime uh, and YouTube in Canada. I assume it's all going to be live, so we'll keep you updated on that. But Amosov coming back. Amosov coming back to fight Logan Storley. Uh, Amosov, one of the guys that, like I said, they did a great job mentioning his story on the broadcast. So already kind of looking ahead to uh, to the next card. Carvalho, Jeremy Kenny's a good one. Sinead Kavanaugh's fighting. She's she's always a bit of an exciting watch. Peter Quilly, you know, they love him fighting in Dublin. So there you go. I, I think they, they set the stage nicely. And again, we don't do uh, on to the next ones regularly for Bellator. So let's uh, on this occasion, we will do a little a little look ahead there. Yes. Wow. We gave him like almost 20 minutes. Uh, Good. They deserve it. Say, the next, the, I agree. I agree. And I applaud them for the effort. I thought that I thought they did a, great, a very good job. Um they did nothing went wrong like nothing went wrong um outside of the paramount plus thing and the the tv listings thing was pretty yeah, bad I had, too uh, i had all uh, to blame for there i had tweeted like oh why did they end the prelims at like 8 25 
when they could have fit in the Neiman Gracie, uh, you know, the uh, Neiman Gracie fight or whoever. At one of the one of the prelims, they didn't manage to get on there. And then I was reminded. I think Kaposa and other people tweeted like, "Listen, this is MMA. Someone could have gotten injured. There could have been three groin kicks in a fight. It could have made a three round fight could have lasted forty five minutes. It's suddenly gone horribly wrong." And I'm like. This is true. MMA be MMA and and Bellator anticipated that. So good for them. They, that, that is one thing. They're like, let's just let's not take any chances. Let's just start hyping up the main card, uh, the CBS broadcast now, uh, and and not 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 play with the uh, play with the fates. So well done. Yeah. well done there. I'm not even, I'm not even talking about that. I'm yeah. talking about because even I saw it when I because I had to watch it on on my cable because I couldn't watch it on Paramount Plus. It was listed in the guide oh, as no, Bellator yeah. 290 prelims. Mm-hmm. Same up here, yeah. And it didn't. Canada. And it didn't list Fedor or anything. It said no. Lorenz Larkin and Berkamoff and it and all these other names. I was like, "What? What are we doing here?" And it was like that for everybody in the U.S. That's kind of bad. Hopefully, I don't know whose mistake that is. Hopefully, people. You know, again, we're, my, my in my mind, when you have something on CBS, it's. You're catching people browsing. I don't know if people even browse normally anymore. You're right. We, I guess we use guides now. You flip through the guide. You don't really like go channel by channel anymore. But hopefully uh, it didn't deter people. And if they're just like, you know, they're regular CBS viewers. I don't know. They're like, what's on CBS tonight? Or they, again, they were watching NCIS and uh, and just flowed through from there. Last thing. Will this card do a million people? Will the ratings be over a million? I would love to. I would love to know what the regular uh, NCAS rating is. That that would help me a lot to know. But I mean, off the top of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking a million is reasonable. Uh, nine o'clock yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, uh, again, a decent lead in. I think a million is is reasonable, and I hope people see that number. They don't go like, oh, only a million. I'm like, a million is be fantastic, especially considering compared to the regular Showtime numbers. As we know, the move to Showtime did kind of hurt the uh, Bellator viewership a bit. So uh, a million would be just uh, fantastic. A million would be a million would be a win. Anything any anything over a million is is a success. Anything less than a million, I think, is kind of bad. Unless like if it's nine ninety five, like you can give them a bit of a pass. But I am rooting for this rating to be like one point two, one point three, one point. If they can hit like one point five, that's just sick, and that I will applaud them. Um, but I need I would love to see them over a million. I think anything less than a million is is kind of tough. But we will see. Congratulations, Bellator. Well done. And my advice is that the next time you go to CBS, hopefully it's like April or May or, or June or something, that's a perfect time for AJ McKee, Patricky Pitbull. That's a perfect time for Rafion Stotts versus Patchy Mix. Put them on the same card, back-to-back title fights, great personalities, and then just throw Brennan Ward versus, I don't know, Dalton Rasta. Apparently those two guys want to fight each other. Uh, throw that in there and Brennan Ward against whoever uh, in in the opener. So that'd be awesome. That'd be a great follow-up for CBS. So congratulations to Bellator. I thought it was a very good night for them. Learning curves for sure, but I think these are things they can fix and good to go. So yes, let's go. More, more Bellator on CBS. I just want to shout out yes. Brian Head who said CBS stands for Combat Bellator Sports rolls rolls Let's right go. off the tongue. That's a catchy. That's a catchy slogan. If any Combat Bellator Sports. Let's go. Yes. Well, let's go to UFC Vegas 68. And here's the one, here's like the first thing I thought of besides the health and well being of all my loved ones. Sergey Spivak needs to fight at 3 a.m. Eastern all the time because he absolutely wrecked Derek Lewis last night. He just ragdolled him all over the octagon and then he locked in a nasty arm triangle, black beast taps. I mean, Sergey Spivak, I, his, he has a new nickname. It's Mr. 3 a.m. 
That should be Sergey, Mr. 3AM Spivak. That's <laughs> it. That was the best he's ever looked. You could say what you want about Derek Lewis being washed or being done. I don't care. Not I haven't seen anybody do that to Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis can usually weather that storm and get back up. He's slim, trim, buff, jack, chiseled, and ripped, 265 pounds. And Derek Lewis just every time he tried to get back up, he did everything right, it seemed defensively. He was trying to get the arm in to try to separate that body lock and even even when he got his arms in there, Spivak's like, all right, dumps him back on the ground. So, by the way, let me just say this. We should still do Derek Lewis versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. I don't care where they're at in their careers. That's the fight we need to make. We need to do it now. But AK, Sergey Spivak gets a massive victory. What now? Can I just say, I didn't love, I didn't love uh, 3 a.m. Derek Lewis. 3 a.m. Sergey Spivak, <laughs> uh, world beater. I mean, you put him in there with John Jones or, or Cyril Gunn. We're talking. It's Derek Lewis is 37. Uh, let me tell people, I, I recently turned 38 years old. I don't operate at three in the morning like I used to. When I was 28, <laughs> when I was 28, like Sergey Spivak, I could be up two, three in the morning. I, I mean, I could do certain things, like I can write articles for MMA fighting at that time in the morning, or do a pod, as we often do. We, we are often doing post-fight stuff around that time, but we're still winding down. I'm not stepping into a cage to fight another dangerous human. Three in the morning. Derek Lewis said during media uh, during media day this week, yeah, I tried to sort of adjust my sleep, but there's only so much you can do. I'm, make, I'm making all the excuses in the world for Derek Lewis. I have not seen a post-fight statement from him yet. I don't know if it's something he'll bring up himself. I don't know if it's something he'll bring up ahead of his next fight. I'm sure it'll come up. Did the time affect you? Whether he does or not, I'm speaking up for him. It definitely affected him. Yeah, not just that. I uh, credit to Sergey Spivak. Listen, they're they're at they're at different stages of their career. Sergey Spivak's up and coming. Derek Lewis, I think the durability maybe isn't what it used to be. You know, he's complaining about the stoppages in the Tuivasa and the Pavlovich fight. He was badly hurt in those fights, even if they were stopped early. Even even if he think they were stopped early, tied Tuivasa really not much of an argument. Sergey, I see the controversy, but if either of those, he was hurt really badly. And that is not what happened. That was not the Derek Lewis story for. He's not like he's not like the Fedor, you know, while we're still have Fedor on the mind, where like, oh, Fedor's whole deal was he would get hurt and he would come back and win. No, I mean Derek Lewis would get taken down a lot and lose like four out of five rounds and then win. That's fine from being like controlled and his offense being completely neutralized. But he wasn't getting like stung this badly in a lot of those early fights and then coming back to win. So this Tuivasa Pavlovich and now Spivak, this trend is very disturbing. Um so it's it is possible he is washed as the kids like to say i'm gonna keep giving him chances just like dana white is dana white said nah i love Derek lewis not going nowhere i i don't think i don't think we saw the best of what is left of Derek lewis on saturday i i think coming out at 3 a.m really really affected him i still want to see i i like the rosenstrike matchup though i will say i kind of went with that for spivak instead i don't know if you hate that uh and i will say i just don't want to go more disclosure uh i know what your pick is we had there was a little bit of slack discussion last night so uh, I, I guess i maybe i just wanted to go differently but go ahead mike you can tell people your uh your your where you went with this yeah i'm, I'm not gonna mince words here me from my from from a matchmaking perspective and i am not gonna be very interesting at all here and i'm gonna cross that line that i don't typically cross where it's quote-unquote lazy booking to matchmake two winners from the same card but in this case it kind of makes too much sense. I say we do Spivak versus Marching Tybora, mm-hmm. and we just mm-hmm. sort of go from there because as great as he looked and as much as people adore Derek Lewis, I mean, 
he's I, I this win didn't I mean he did what he needed to do this is what he needed to do but this win to me if we're looking at it from a merit level climbing the ranks level this one didn't do a whole lot for Sigurd Spivak if we're being honest now this win happened two years ago we're talking something different but as you mentioned he's coming off back-to-back brutal knockout losses th- lost three out of his last four now he's lost three straight a lot of people are like, he needs to be cut from the UFC. Dana White, I don't think that either. Dana White said he's not going to cut him. Derek Lewis is kind of in fun fight territory. But my first thought, AK, immediately was, maybe it's just because it was so late, let's just chuck him in there with Jailton Almeida. And then I was like, nah, I, I feel like there's, I, I feel like that's unfair. because I. But I also want to see Jailton fight Taito Ivasa because I still have questions about, you know, if he's the nail and not the hammer early on fighting a guy like that. So I'm not going to change my mind on that. So I'm taking two guys off the board. Spivak, Marching Tybora is going to be an ugly-ass fight. It won't be all that fun to watch probably, but I'll tell you what, if Sergey Spivak goes out there and does that to Marching Tybora, I will I will be looking at him a whole lot differently. Mike, let me... First of all, let me make an excuse for you because you were up. You were up live watching these fights. You were up at what? What, what time? I, I like I, said, I passed out. What time did the three a.m. they came out around for the main event? Yeah, it was like it was like three o five a.m. Yeah, I just put put the last Bellator two ninety <laughs> uh, post fight interview on oh, yes. YouTube like yes. right when the Devin Clark fight ended. So I was like, well, I can't go to sleep now. Like you're pot committed about to do the main you're event. Pot, you're so pot committed. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, this would be a two. Spivak Tabora would be a two. They fought. They did fight in February. Yeah, that's 20th. fine. Oh, okay. I just you did not mention. I that's fine. You know how our listeners are. They're very astute. They'd be like, "Oh, yeah. Mike didn't say two. That's a doo doo pick." And uh, just, I, I'm sure you knew. But yes, you didn't. <laughs> it is. It would be a rematch. And he did lose to Bora. One thing with Spivak is he has not shown he can dominate another grappler outside of Alexi Olenek. Alexi Olenek, but also Alexi Olenek is uh, considerably old. I'm just, I'm just saying, and I'm not saying old makes you bad, but. There's an age gap there, and I think the age and athleticism gap heavily in Spivak's favor. Outside of that, Derek Lewis, a uh, good defensive grappler for the most part, but we saw last night did not save him there. Augusto Sakai, not a grappler. Greg Hardy, obviously not a grappler. The Tom Aspinall is a grappler, and Tom Aspinall beats Spivak. Then it was yeah. Olenek. Vendera, okay, grappler, not a great grappler. Uh, Spivak beat him. Carlos Felipe, not a great grappler either, and Spivak beat him. And then before that, Tabora. So, so he actually has not shown... That, like That's another reason to run it back with Tabora is I do want to see if, if he's only a guy who can sort of dominate um, other... Uh, sorry, uh, dominate non-grapplers, because that's kind of what he's done. Taito Vasa before that. He beat Taito Vasa, a guy we would not consider a grappler. It's 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 worth running back. It's worth running back. And that was three years Agreed. ago now. So, yeah. I, yeah. You know what? Not Not a bad pick, Mike. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the way to go. And, you know, even if, oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Even if you want to make that a main event, it's uh, it's not fun to say into a microphone, but, I mean, it could happen. 3 a.m. in the really Apex. It could happen. I heard, so. I heard at uh, 3 a.m. the Apex is pretty free around 3 in the morning on Saturday nights, Sunday mornings. So, it's it, the spot yeah. is there. Joe Martinez saying, make some noise if you are ready at 3 a.m. It's just, it's just, it's a whole different buzz. He's a it's pro. a whole different vibe. Okay? He's a pro. Constant just a pro. pro. He's, the, he's the best. <laughs> Bellator needs to pay him like thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, like a week. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, Devin Clark, AK, shut a lot of people up. Uh-huh. He shut a lot of people up. He earns a decision win over Dong Jung in the penultimate fight. Huge win for him. And... Again, this is not going to be all that interesting because there's just not a ton of options here. But 
I landed on Devin Clark versus the winner of the upcoming Tyson Pedro versus Modestus Bukaskis fight at UFC 284 going down this Saturday. What say you? Yeah, sure. I, I It's fine. I like it. I, I also, I think, went with some... Oh, no, someone who doesn't have a fight. I landed on Maxim Grishin, and I'll tell you why, Mike. I'll tell you, this took a lot of... I like it. This took a lot of thinking. Uh, Devin Clark has kind of screwed up the MMA math so badly because the cluster of people... So he's in this cluster of guys with... who uh, many uh, guys who he's fought. Uh, Ed Herman, he doesn't fight Ed Herman, but uh, and then Grishin, and then behind that, guys who fought Da Jung, Njuchukwu, and Yuan Kutalaba. So I don't know how to rank these guys because Clark lost to Kutalaba. He's beaten... He just beat Da Jung, but Da Jung beat Njuchukwu. So just talking about now, it's making my head hurt. And and uh, mostly, a lot of these fights happened within within a pretty recent uh, uh, period of time. So totally screwed up my rankings. It wasn't just easy as me to go like, oh, who's near him? I'll plug them in or where to put him. Because I didn't even know where to put him at first. I eventually settled on letting him jump over Kuchalaba because I guess that fight was not going up. Anyway, the bottom half of light, the bottom like third of light heavyweight is totally screwed up. Maxim Grishin. It's a crystal ball pick. I think all these are crystal ball picks and not necessarily fights that I'm like super excited to see. But Clark, I'll say one of his best performances I think I've seen in the UFC against Jung and and uh, good for him. And hopefully he does get a, a little, maybe he gets a bump up the rankings, but I don't think he gets a top 20 light heavyweight next. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but yeah, I think, I think both make sense for Devin Clark and hopefully he can fight sooner rather than later because... Mr. Clark, the, the the dad in the corner, is just so much fun. He I didn't is. get to turn up the volume because I was listening to, to the post-fight stuff from Bellator, but uh, I wish I could have heard it at the apex a little bit louder. But unfortunately, AK, we have... Oh, no. Oh, no. You got to pick for Marching Tybora. I have to pick for Marching Tybora. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. You did the math. Uh, you know what? I went with Ty to Vasa for him. I, I think I called for this fight last year after Ty... Oh, lost to Cidalgan. Um... But some, I think I called for it, so I'm still interested in it. So, something happened. Oh, uh, Tai Tuivasa fought in between. He fought. Uh, he lost to. Um, Mike, who did Tai Tuivasa lose to? Help me here. He lost to. Uh, Cyril Gunn. And then he fought again after. He lost to. Oh, Sergey Pavlovich. Sergey Pavlovich, thank you. My gosh, my brain is gone. So I'm still interested. I'm still interested <laughs> in seeing him fight another Sergey. Uh, yeah, just a good test. Another chance for, for, for uh, Tabura to. I don't know. I, I've been joking that he could, he could have gotten a title shot a couple of years. He had one year he went like what four and zero or five and zero in a year, and I'm like, man, just give Tabura a title shot. So I don't know if that ever happens, but him and Tabura, uh, sorry, him and Tuivasa stay in the mix. Tie versus tie. Again, this is more of a crystal ball thing. I could just sort of see the cards falling this way. It's not like I'm dying to see it, but um, Mike, you mentioned Devin Clark's dad and and paying like not getting the not really getting the chance to crank up the volume. I said we were going to talk about Laura Senko's commentary. I do want to. We didn't. We glossed over it. I thought she did a great job. I thought there was some. Uh, I think I saw some people saying she maybe was doing a little too much play by play at times. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could agree with that because she has worn many hats in the commentary booth. And it's a three person desk, which is always tricky. I know she's worked with Gooden and Bisping before. This wasn't the first time. Certainly not her first uh, rodeo doing, again, commentating on UFC level fights. She did the road to UFC. She's done contender series for a long time. So, yeah, I thought she was good. That she brought a polished attitude to the, uh, to the broadcast, good analysis, and just, just, just a fine, solid debut. I think better than, than some, a lot of, I don't want to name names, but some people's first times, <laughs> uh, calling a UFC card. Um, 
And again, that comes with having experience. If you guys want to see the difference between just throwing, say, a, any former fighter in there for a UFC card and throwing in, again, someone who has fought before in Lorisenko and has actually put in that work and put in the hours in the broadcast booth on the desk, there's a big difference. There's a big difference between how, you know, just knowing what you're talking about and knowing how to talk about it on a talk on on TV. And I think you saw that with Lorisenko. So great. Long overdue. Hopefully we see her on a pay-per-view sometime soon. Or at least a more reasonably timed uh, fight night card. <laughs> yeah, I thought she did a great job, yeah. and nobody's perfect. I've been not perfect many times on the mm. show already, and we're 36 minutes into it. So, great job, Laura Sanko. Hopefully, we see more of her. And by the way, I hope we see more of John Gooden, yeah. too, because he's tremendous. He's great. Yeah, I'm he a is fan. great. That's a great trio. That's a, that's a really solid trio. Now, I, I feel like this is a... This is a, an important episode of On to the Next One for a number of reasons because we talked about the sort of imaginary lazy booking line. That's kind of an unwritten rule, but this is a written rule. It is in the constitution of On to the Next One. And we haven't dealt with this in a while, so there may be a lot of new listeners that are like, what are you going to do when you have a draw? And when a main card fight is scored a draw, it just comes off the table. So no matchmaking for either Duho Choi or Kyle Nelson. I will say this. It was a bit of a weird one because of that point deduction. Pretty divisive one. Some people are okay with the point deduction. Other people are like, Kyle Nelson kind of pulled his head down and shouldn't have lost the point. But regardless of how it happened, AK, we cannot break the Constitution. Oh. It did, in fact, happen. So we have to move on. But this if you is... want to talk about this point deduction, how this was scored a draw, the floor is yours. Yes, this is the, the father of the boy who doesn't win rule. Okay, it's it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> it was great to see Duho Choi back. His first fight in almost a, a one thousand one hundred and fifty days. He's just been out for so long for various reasons. Some some part some military service. Some it's just injuries. Uh, Kyle Nelson. Uh, listen, I counted him out. I thought he was going to get smoked. Canada Zone. Uh, I apologize to the pride of Huntsville, Ontario. Good for him. I uh, he was probably I thought just getting thrown in there to take an L. And probably be released after. But listen, he managed to get squeak out a draw. Yes, the point deduction is probably the main reason. If you're just going, if you ignore that, I think that was a decision win for Duho Choi. Uh, but uh, hey, Kyle Nelson hung in there, did not get smoked in the first round, as I think a lot of, as I had predicted, I think a lot of people were predicting. And, uh, and he saves his job. But, but Kyle Nelson, nor Duho Choi, uh, nor do they get their first. For both men, it would have been their first Otno pick, Mike, because we, you know, we weren't doing, we weren't, we weren't even uh, uh, officially best friends when Duho Choi last fought, and uh, and Kyle Nelson has never won on a main card. So, unfortunately, yes, we have to move on. Uh, better luck for both men again. Just hopefully they get good, they, they get, both get good matchups next. I don't think there's any need to run it back. That's for sure. Uh, but for now, no Otno picks for either. There you go. I love. I love that we're, we're, the Constitution rule is gone. It is now yes. the father of the boy. The father of the boy rule. who doesn't win. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just to wear their wife's Sunday dress. Uh, Adam Fugit, AK. What a performance for that guy. I'm he a fan. Is fun as hell in there. I'm such a yeah, fan. Yeah, he got a quick finish over a touted prospect. Massive underdog. He looked real good, AK. And I know you are very high on this kid. Uh, I'll let you kick this one off. Yo, that, what do you think? That line was disrespectful. I'm looking at topology, and I'm seeing minus 340. Uh, Kenoshita? Yeah, he was a big dog. Based on what? 
Like, I, I, I'm not saying Kenosha is bad. Like, I get it. He's fought for uh, good promotions before. He's fought guys with a lot of fights. You know, if you just look at his record, you're like, oh, cool. There's like a guy who doesn't have a lot of fights himself, but he's at least fought veterans, um, but and and finished them. That's fine. But man, to come in on your debut against a guy who's who's tough and Adam, like Adam Fugit is almost like a he's like kind of like a welterweight Julian Arosa. He's kind of funky. He's got this weird hybrid Muay Thai style, but he can grapple too. Uh, I see a lot of good things for him, and I I, I don't know. I picked him to win. Uh, I don't know if I if I picked a finish. I did pick Fugit to win. I was just surprised when I saw that line. I'm like, man, I, I like Kanishta, but he's not. I think that's such a, such a big line. So anyway, yeah, Fugit did get the win. I'm going. I didn't know what to do. I, this is this is kind of I guess like another crystal ball pick, and I was a little disturbed to see that they had matched up uh, Mike Malott and Johan Linus for February 25th, uh, the Canadian on Canadian battle. I don't know why they would do this, but whoever wins that. Let's throw them in there with Fugit for just for another exciting fight. Again, I don't know what we have with Fugit. I don't know if he's a guy who can be like a top 30 welterweight. It's a very historically deep division. Um, but I know I really want to see him fight. And hopefully he's one of those guys who, whatever, win or lose, they keep him around and just let him keep bringing that funky style into the octagon because uh, I'm digging it. Yeah, super fun fight. Definitely dug it. I don't like, I, I didn't know how to do this. So. I was just looking kind of, I was just looking at my rankings and I don't even like for a lot of my rankings, I don't have a lot of guys past like the top 45. Mm-hmm. So you have to dig a little deeper and I like the Mike Malott pick. I also loved, as soon as I saw this name, I was like, Oh my God, this fight's going to be super fun. Uh, Fugit, is it Fugit or Fugit? I don't know. Cause I've heard both. I yeah, don't know. I, I've I'd heard have both. To, I'll stick yeah. with what I know until somebody tells me otherwise. Okay. But uh, Josh Quinlan, Adam Fugit, Josh Quinlan. Those two are just going to throw hammers at each other until somebody falls down. So uh, I will go with Josh wow, Quinlan. Very, That's fun. My best friend. He's coming off a knockout win. Let's go. My best friend. Very close to my rankings. Uh, I got Fugit at uh, 58 and Quinlan at 52. Look at that. Look at that. Best friends. Best friend. How'd you I, know? I figure we're going to sing the friends. I, I figure we're going to sing the friends forever. Maybe song, not for that. At all this yeah. episode, but maybe not for that one. Uh, but that's pretty close. <laughs> so that means we're at the wild card round. AK. we're already at the wild card round. We have spent more time talking about the Bellator card than we talked about matchmaking this UFC card. Mm-hmm. But we are going to select one fighter we have not match made for yet, and we will do so now. Now this is a weird one because we have we had a bunch of road to UFC fights. So those are kind of tough to match make for. We have losers from the main card, and I think there were two prelim fights that were not road to UFC fights. Yeah, maybe three. three. I don't know. Uh, no, I think two. It was, only, it was supposed to be three. three. We lost the Kim uh, Boehm fight. That's right. Unfortunately. Yeah. So I feel like we're going with the same dude. I hope so. I could be wrong. Uh, so it all comes down to who the matchup is. So uh, I assume you're going with. Just one of the best prospects in the sport right now in one Tetsuro Tyra. I certainly am. So who who are you matching up with? Because this could be, I don't know, we could be in sync here. I don't know. Let me uh, let me do a quick uh, road to UFC recap here. Uh, Anshul Jubilee, the first Indian-born uh, fighter to win in the UFC. Congrats to him. Uh, shout out, He's fun. Yeah, shout out to, to my Indian peoples. Uh that he's also used to be a math tutor so that was that's pretty cool but um yeah indian born so i say for indian born because of course we had um we had one champion where's my 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 brain is is fried this morning uh uh, oh my gosh what is his name one's heavyweight champion 
I have to look this up because now I'm like, oh, uh, Arjun Buller. Arjun Buller, yes, of course, a proud, a proud Indian man, also a proud Canadian. So, uh, but uh, yes, as far as it, so, you know, he he certainly uh, made history for for Indian people as well. But Anshul Jubilee, the first Indian born, good for him, beating Jekasaragi, who I now know, uh, who I loved and I had picked, but I guess beating competition one pride MMA, the very litigious one pride MMA, does not necessarily guarantee you UFC success. Uh, Lee Zhang uh, Young Lee looked good against. Uh, Yija. So that was that was a tough, tough, very gritty win for Yija become the latest like grappler to go like, I don't understand. I held the other eye down. Why didn't I win? Well, welcome to uh welcome to North American scoring. So uh, I I'm, I had no That was a scrap. By the way, I had no that was a scrap. I had no problem with that scoring, by the way. I, I went with the yes, uh Zhang Young Li did more damage, so sorry. Sorry, uh Yija, he gets the win. Uh Rinya Nakamura, thirty three second knockout, enjoyed that fifty G's. Uh and Sung uh Hyun Sung Park uh, kicking off things really nicely and technically becoming, you know, now a trivia question, the first road to UFC winner. So, yeah, Tetsuro Tyra, um, boy, I mean, again, listen, he didn't make our top five of the uh, 2022 MMA Fighting Rookie of the Year list. I feel really bad I left him off, but I it was a strong year, strong year for rookies last year. So I, I know he made it on a couple of ballots, just didn't make the top five. It's hard to go where to go with him. I, my rule, you know, Mike, is usually I see you fight three times in the UFC, then you're definitely ready for a step up. But flyweight is not uh they don't have a lot of people on the roster so if you step up you're usually stepping up in a big way like the the, the bottom half there's a huge difference between the top half of flyweight and the bottom half i don't know if i'm ready to throw tyra into that top half yet there's just a lot of people there with more experience so i'm gonna kind of keep him in the same range and i want to see how he does against cody durden really tough guy very gritty wrestler hard to put away if he can take a deci- convincing decision from cody durden then you could sell me on okay let's let's take a look at that top uh, top 15 but i'm not ready yet i don't know mike if you were a little more adventurous than i was i'll get to that in a moment i, w- I was waiting for it i thought maybe we would get the the historic wild card friends forever but it's still not <laughs> happened yet we will I, I have a feeling it'll happen at some point uh Ridley nakamura by the way is a freaking monster that dude is i'm keep that's the dude you gotta keep your eye on and in and, and what weight class is he in ak Nakamura, what all caps, that? That? all caps, bantamweight, bantamweight, baby, bantamweight just got himself another just super fun fighter. Um, the Jiang Young Lee fight, like, di- didn't the judge like opposing? Didn't the opposing judge 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 27? 27 Yeah, thirty twenty seven. What the fuck I, was that? I, that was an awful scorecard. <laughs> that's a that's a did he get the fighters mixed up scorecard? Like the I come on, like what? <laughs> Especially after that second round, are you like, how could you possibly not score that second round for Jung Young Lee? That was insane. Hyun uh, Sung Park is fun. Jun Young Park is fun. It was fun. Those fun. Those fights are great. Those fights are great. Yeah, if doesn't if they had that Asian audience tuning in uh, as the time zone would suggest, then I think that they they were very. I can't again. I can't speak for it. Got no gauge of how it's, the audience is out there. But if you were watching out there in Asia and tuned into this, you had a great time. You were super happy. Uh, and, and if you follow this tournament along the way, I'm sure you're even more satisfied. So with Tetsuro Tyra, when, when I saw this matchup, my first thought was, like, Tyra's just going to kill him. He's just going to run him over. Like, these betting lines are exactly where they need to be. Um, obviously, I knew who Aguilar was from Kabache Global. I saw his contender series fight. Thought he was really good, but I just thought Tyra's on another level. And then Jed was like, nah, I don't think this guy's like as much of a pushover as you think. So I went back and like watched some of his old fights back. And I was like, yeah, he's actually like a lot better than I thought he was. Like, I thought he was really good, but he's actually like, he's pretty scrappy and he's kind of a sneaky, sneaky, smooth fighter. 
And then Tetsu retired, just got caught in a gilly. And I knew right then and there, I'm like, yep, this fight's not going to last very long because Tyre's going to get out of this gilly and then he's just going to finish this fight whenever he wants. And that's what he did. Tyre's is that good. Um, and this is not, this is not bad booking. This Aguilar's a good fighter and he just went out there and beat him and beat him pretty convincingly and finished him in the first round. So I am ready to give him a little bit more of a step up. I'm not going to go crazy with this, but I feel like, I feel like if we don't do it now, like we, we, I just have to see it. I have to see it against a guy who is going to test him in so many different ways. I want to see where his, I love the Candelario booking. I thought that was a perfect debut fight for him. So I want to take a guy who is a more developed Candelario, who is not going to let Tetsuro Tyra get away with anything, who is going to fight back. He's going to be very tough to finish. He's going to be very tough to finish on the ground. And it's just the, the, the potential scrambles and exchanges between these two guys is just going to be the best. And I feel like we have to do it now. So... My rule is, especially at flyweight, that if you get three UFC wins, you get a step up, and you have to take on a guy who has two first names. So welcome Tim Elliott to the equation for Tetsuro Whoa. Tyler. Wow. You took, you took me on a journey. I, people can't see. I was mouthing out different names as you like to myself. I was looking at the rankings, and I was like <laughs> going through a progression. I'm like, this guy, like this guy, this guy. This. Well, I'm just, wow, okay, so Tim Elliott... Is tw- is thirteen years older than Tetsuro Tyra? That is great. Tetsuro Tyra. Let me see. If Tetsuro Tyra was born in, thank you, Topology. January. He just had his birthday. January twenty seventh, two thousand. What was Tim Elliott doing in two thousand? He surely had. Okay, he had not quite debuted yet. But when he made his debut, his pro debut, Tetsuro Tyra was nine years old. It's a good <laughs> stylistically. Obviously, it's a really good matchup. Just you, you're getting a super fun like grappling fight. No matter who wins. Damn, my best friend, you really, you really went there, eh? You went, you broke up the two. Yeah, I mean, look, I I wanted to give Elliot Muhammad Mahayev like after Muhammad's first win, and the UFC is just completely slow rolling Muhammad right now. Uh, They just wanted him on that London card, and uh, like he's got if if Mahayev goes out there and finishes his next opponent, which I expect he will do in London. I'm going to give him a giant step up. Okay. I'm going to give him a big name. Okay. Um, But I feel like right now, like, I just don't know. Like, I like the Durden one. If they do the Durden one, that's fine. But I honestly think, like, Tyrus is going to do to Durden what, I mean, he might not land a flying knee like Muhammad Makayev did, but I feel like Tyrus is going to tap him in the, like, first seven minutes of the Mm. fight. So uh, it'd be a good test. But I think he's, I think he's ready for Tim Elliott. I want to see. And if he loses to Tim Elliott, who gives a shit? It's okay. You go back to the drawing board, get a couple of wins, climb back up. He's young. Let's see how good he is. Let's let's see how good he is. I'm not saying chuck him in there with Brandon Royval right now or chuck him in there with Figgy Smalls. Like Get him in there with Tim Elliott, a crafty, crafty veteran who is going to test him in different ways that some of these guys that the UFC would normally match him up with just aren't going to test him. And I would favor Tetsuo Retire to win that fight. So... Let's go. I like. That I one. think if you're right, I think we could be seeing a trend over the next couple of years because this is sort of where the UFC and MMA is at right now. We had a lot of notable retirements over the last couple of years. Again, we just saw Fedor, Glover, a bunch of other people, I'm sure, and Jose Aldo, uh, and the new generation coming up. But there's still some of those guys uh, hang on. And then you have the UFC signing younger and younger and younger people. Aaron Blanchfield's getting Tyler Santos in her next fight. 
it is it is interesting and i'm not saying todd santos is like some old veteran i'm just saying there's a there's an experience and age gap there um I, I think we will see a lot of these matchups. You're right, Mike. We're like, oh man, I can't believe this 25 year old is fighting this 36 year old. I can't believe this 22 year old is fighting a 30 year old. Like, it's just how <clears throat> it's just the direction the industry is moving in. And again, is what happens when the big big promotions like the UFC and Bellator keep picking up younger and younger talents. At some point, you know, as they as they string together wins and they stay, they, a lot of these younger fighters stay so busy that they move up the rankings really fast. And at some point you're going to get a veteran. Maybe Tim is that guy who ends up fighting the Makayas, ends up fighting the Tetsuro Tyras. And um, that's just the way to, then, you know, and you know, he's uh, totally down for it. So yeah, well, I'll, we'll see, Mike, let's put a pin in this. This could be, you, this could, you could be onto something here. Yes. Do we have any extracurriculars? Kind of Mike. And I'll, I'm, I'm going to save my real rant. I do hope to call into, uh, are you doing heck of a morning Monday, Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday, good, Thursday, good. That's good. It gives me more time to gather my thoughts. I, I do want to talk about Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, of course, getting booked for The Ultimate Fighter. I didn't think it was going to happen when Ch- when I thought when McGregor said, oh, I'd been offered, I thought he was just whatever, talking random stuff, or it was just a conversation he's had with, you know, with officials, like, oh, would you like to do Ultimate Fighter? Just, like, them throwing it out there. I did not think it would lead to anything official. Here we are, though, McGregor, Chandler. We don't have a date for their fight. We do know they're going to coach Tough 31. Hopefully, we'll fight this year. So I'm kind of giving a shared point to everyone. McGregor, Chandler has been brought up many, many times. I did have a couple of people poke me like, oh, do I get a point for this? And I just told them like, yeah, probably shared, probably shared. We've all mentioned it. It makes a lot. It's made a lot of sense since Chandler has come into the UFC. It makes just as much sense now. I'm a little skeptical. This point is maybe rescinded uh i i reserve the right to rescind this point if only because it doesn't have a date and two i've said this many times people would be shocked at how often these these ultimate fighter fights just don't happen um i think again we all look back on some of the glory days where we did you know tough did an amazing job of sort of building up these fights it doesn't really do that anymore and also again a lot of times these fights just fall through sometimes sometimes we still get them I, I won't say it never happens i think we've had some good ones recently they might be actually on a good streak of the coaches fights actually staying together but there was a long middle stretch there where the coaches fights just fell apart i hope that doesn't happen with mcgregor and chandler i'm not complaining about this um them being forced to be on the show for however many weeks of filming because we know mcgregor has some uh time maybe needs some time to get into cage. i'm trying to say, say this gently to get into suitable in cage allowable shape if people catch my drift so i'm fine with them taking as much time as they need and and uh, you know we see this maybe second half of, uh, of 2023 but yeah if people out there anyone who's want to see this fight take this uh this tentative uh, no point a, par- a share of this tentative yeah, auto yeah. point. with the amount of people who picked this fight it's like Chris Jericho's list of a thousand and four holds. <laughs> it's like we take we take that whole pile of paper and we chuck it in the shredder and then we throw the shredder into a giant fan mm-hmm. and it's blowing all these little pieces of paper. That's the equivalent of the Otno point you're going to get for picking that. <laughs> but one enjoy it. Everybody picked that. Still one. valuable. Just yeah, enjoy Still it. Still valuable. Very valuable. Okay. Very valuable. Very clear here. Uh, do you want? To, we, I only I didn't get a ton of, a, of listener yeah. suggestions. There is I do have a, a check the tapes oh. uh, as part of the suggestion, okay, okay. so I'll get to that when I read this person's yeah, pick. But uh, please disclaim. We might have I might have some too. Again, I have not really looked at these, so thanks to everyone who sent in. But yeah, uh, guys, if you're somehow the only person to make a pick, that's a solo Otno point. Haven't given out one of those in a while. 
you may have just made a mistake, people, with your picks. Please pay attention to weight classes. People have fought already. Notable injuries. Like, we just know someone's not fighting for a while. Fighter who could already be booked. Check MMAfighting.com. Check Topology. Check Sherdog. Check Sherdog. Please, just there's ways to find out if someone's already booked. Uh, and people might be teammates. So try to avoid those. Uh, and, of course, most importantly, your pick just might be doo-doo. And we don't want to read it. Yes. I also want to shout out one more mm-hmm. thing. Uh, very happy that Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, the rematch is going to wow. happen in May. It's going to happen in Dublin. Yeah. Hopefully it happens at that big-ass stadium. Apparently Conor McGregor might be helping out Eddie Hearn with, with that extra tax or whatever, and that's just the best. And I can't wait to watch that. That's one of my most anticipated fights of the year already. And kudos to those two ladies for just being such a difference maker for women's boxing. And Amanda Serrano with her big win, earned the shot. And Katie Taylor, I mean, golly, man, that first fight ruled. This one's going to be being in Dublin. That's going to be so insane. So I was very happy to to see that that was made official. And hopefully we can do this right and do it in front of, you know, 40, 50,000 people. That'd just be absolutely the best. So let's get to this. Robbie Ryan. Uh, how's it going, you fellas? Otno Fantasy Bellator Edition. Bador versus Stipe, Eblen versus Costa, McKee versus Oliveira. And then he went with, if Derek Lewis wins, the only fight to make is Rosenstrike. If he loses and wants to keep fighting, give him something like Walt Harris or Tanner Bozer, I guess. And then he ends with, I don't care what Sergey Spivak does next. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm Fine. very wow. harsh. <laughs> All right. Uh, perhaps uh, Robbie Ryan had a... A couple bevies last or, night. Or, or money Ray, on the fight like uh, I did. Don't gamble on MMA, by the way. Oh, okay. I did not Never gamble. That. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, John Ray. Tyra versus Sumaderji. That's fun. Jun Young Park versus Bruno Silva. Duho Choi versus Sungwoo Choi. Hashtag lo- Choi versus Choi. Choi. Yeah. Tybura versus Rosenstrike. Clark versus Grishin. Feed Derek Lewis... To Jailton Almeida, oh. unless you want to be nice, then do Lewis versus Andre Olofsky. And then in parentheses, AK, he says, I understand I will not get any points because that's two picks. What a professional. Yes, well done. Ought no pick. Well right there. done. And then, he, and then he likes the Spivak versus the winner of Volkov versus Alexander Romanov, which is also a good pick. Tino Alvarez, Tetsuro Tyra versus Matt Schnell. I that's thought about fun. that. Yeah, I thought about that. That's fun. Jun Young Park versus Armin Petrosian. Hyung Sung Park versus Jimmy Flick. I like that. I like that one. Nakamura versus Ann Ellinger. Uh, Jung Young Lee versus Eric Silva. Anshil Jubilee versus Nicholas Mota. Adam Fuja versus Brian Battle. And Duho Choi versus Steve Garcia. Doo-doo. I'm pushing the doo-doo button. I'm pushing it. It's on Tapology. Steve Garcia is booked fighting at UFC 287 against mm-hmm. Shylin Nerd and Becca. Okay, that's so, doo-doo. Yep. Uh, which by... Which, by the way, was first reported by MMAfighting.com, so I might give you two two scoops. Uh, Two scoops. Devin Clark versus Nick. Two scoops scoops of poop. The rare two scoops of poop. (laughs) Oh, man. Devin Clark versus Nikolai Negomariano. Sergey Spivak versus the loser of Curtis Blades versus Sergey Pavlovich. But he also says, again, another professional answer. I know this fight has not been made yet, but I'm hoping that it is. So a little crystal ball. Booking. I mean, I'm telling you, 2023 is the year of the odd. These listeners are so sharp. It's crazy. Even though you had some doo doo, I'm taking the doo doo back oh, because of how you ended okay. it. So we're evening it all out. Wait, it's still, it's still, it's Jared, not still one piece of doo doo. I'm taking both scoops back. 
taking both scoops. Back in the bag. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm taking the bag and I'm throwing it in the garbage. Not holding on to it. Jaren Biagin, uh, Sergey Spivak, another Volkov Romanov winner. I like that one. Derek Lewis, major step down versus Marcos Rogerio Delino. Sure. Sure. I like it. Yeah. That's I, crazy. Listen, right? I'm always an advocate for if uh, the UFC likes someone and they clearly want them to stick around, then then dial them back. Well, what's Cody Garbrandt? Cody Garbrandt now oh, is fighting uh, uh, Trevin, Trevin Jones. Jones, a talented fighter, but name-wise, a step back. Good. Yeah. And again, Cody Garbrandt, another company favorite. You don't, if you like a fighter, you don't need to keep throwing them against top 10 competition. Let them rebuild whatever, what they what's still rebuildable. And maybe they work their way back up to that spot, or maybe they don't. But at least give them the chance to to not go in there with a killer every time. So I like that. Uh, uh, Derek Lewis versus uh, Pazal. I like that. Which, by the way, like I thought that was really interesting matchmaking. Um, the Arce fight was kind of interesting, too. But Trevin Jones can crack, man. Um, it's a concern. That's... It's a concern. I mean, Julio Arce was kind of a concern, too. The, I thought the Ronnie Aya fight was like perfect. Yes, we all wanted that. We'll see what happens. If yeah, that's an interesting fight. Uh, he also likes Devin Clark versus Kennedy and Chichukwu. And by the way, with Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis should just be in fun fights the rest of the way, just throwing hands. No wrestlers, no grapplers, no not, no with even the threat of that. Those are the guys he should be fighting moving forward. Marcin Tybora versus Jailson Almeida, Duho Choi, Daniel Argueta, Jubilee versus Costa. Jung Young Lee versus the Shane Young Blake Bilder winner. Young Sung Park versus the Shannon Ross Clayton Rodriguez winner. Nakamura versus Mendonca. Jung Young Park versus Bruno Ferreira. Ooh, that's fun. Man, people bring in the road to UFC picks. My Damn, goodness. that is a f- that's Jung a great Park pick. versus Bruno Ferreira. But I'm just blown away in general Jeez. by like these people doing road to UFC picks because I certainly couldn't. I mean, off the top off the top of my head, could not come up with these. So well done, people. Yeah, that was. That was wild. Because Genuine Park looked like a friggin' murderer yeah, last night. Holy cow. That's a great fight. That might be my favorite pick of all. Toby. Spivak versus Almeida. Lewis versus Rosenstrike. Clark versus Khalil Roundtree. Jung versus Grishin. Tybora versus Tuivasa. Ivana Verlovsky. Superboy Gavin Tucker. Fugit Miguel Baeza. That is super fun. We haven't seen Baeza in a while. Kino Shida versus Orion Kosi, Jubilee Manuel Torres, Lee Eric Silva, Rinya Quinones, Park Alessandro Costa, Iron Turtle, Roman Kopilov. I actually like that fight too. Aguilar, Jimmy Flick, Tyra versus Durden. Hey, and we end who with was this again? Who is this? Who is this? Uh, that was Toby. Friends forever, Toby. Our, our guy, Friends Toby. Our ch- Marcus closes out his check the tapes, and I'm going to... Uh, he, ha- he had two. He crossed one out because it's no longer happening. Uh, so I'm going to leave this up to you. But the first one, he picked Priscilla Cachuera versus Karina Silvia. And I'm going to believe you're probably the only person on, on planet Earth who submitted that pick. So I'm going to believe you. Uh, the other one was Ramiz Brahimaj versus Carlson Harris, which is no longer happening uh, because Brahimaj is injured. So does he get to check the tapes? Does he get a point for that? Hold on. Uh... Karina, they, they, uh, I got to rewind here. Karina Silva and Priscilla Cachuera. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, you definitely get it. Listen, they, they definitely get it. Let's let's just bundle them together for one point because yeah, those are pretty wild. Yeah, it's unfortunate the Carlson Harris fight felt is not happening, but yeah, I mean, this is at least one full on no point for their efforts. Wow. Yeah, Mark, I mean, I think Marcus Marcus plays this game. Very oh, this smart. is the, oh the spreadsheet. He, he, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. I got that too. Okay. Yeah. He he plays this game very smart. Sure. 
Uh, let's see if we have anything new here for, as far as his picks go. Uh, Duho Choi versus Luis Saldana. Tyra versus Alan Nascimento. That's pretty fun. Nakamura versus Mendonca. We got that one. How about this AK? Adam Fugit oh. versus a former top 10 welterweight <laughs> in the MMA Fighting Global Rankings panelist of Jed Mishu. <laughs> Jake Matthews, are we willing to, uh, uh, that's to, a, to chuck that's him up that That's a bit high? of a jump up in competition, and I don't think we need to pull Jake Matthews back that much. That's a, that's a great fight in the future, but I, I don't see it being next for both men. All right, fair enough. On to you, my friend. All right, like I said, so I have not looked at these. Let's see what we got here. Uh, sorry, one second. Okay, let's go to Twitter first. Uh, what do we got here? Our pal, Four Corner Sports NY, regular... Uh, heck of a morning caller. Sp- Sergey Spivak, friends forever with you, Mike. Sergey Spivak, Tabura. Derek Lewis, Felipe, if he comes back from his suspension. Felipe is out until... Felipe got cut, I think, after getting suspended, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure they, they cut him, but... Wasn't that... Yeah, I think it was a weird yes, one, wasn't something, it? Yes, something was up with there. Uh, Devin Clark, Colors, Ulberg. I actually did think about that. That's actually not a bad matchup. Uh, Dan Jung at... That's actually I really good. I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah. big difference in UFC experience, but it's kind of the right test. Duho Choi, Charles Rosa, Jun Young Park versus Marquez Andre Berrio winner. Mark Andre Berrio, excuse me. Tetsuro Tyra versus uh, Ode Osborne, Denise Bondar, loser. Okay, man, feels great thought in these. I like Thomas it. Thomas Collins, nice. we got anything new here. Also likes Louis Pizal, I love it. Tabura versus Tai Tuivasa, thank you, Thomas. Tai Tai. Choi, uh, Duho Choi versus David Onama. That'd be sick. Uh, but I don't know. I I don't know if uh, this current version of Choi is ready for that smoke yet. Yeah, that's that's tough. Marcus McGahey, the Choi 29-27 edition. Okay. Uh, Spivak versus Rosenstrike. <laughs> Rosenstrike. Devin Clark versus OSP Lynn's winner, February 18th. Sure, I dig it. Uh, Tabura versus Almeida. He's already... He, uh, Marcus says he's called for this before. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, I, I feel like that's logical. And I think Almeida just called him out. Am, am I crazy? Did you not see that, Mike? Uh, Almeida calling him out. Call um, out uh, Martin Tabura. Sorry. On social, on the Twitter, on the Twitter. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's, in, that's out there. That's out there in the universe. Tyra versus Victor Altamirano. Some good stuff. Okay, let me, let me just keep, keep going on here. Chris at Dragon Slayer 2 always just sends in one pick. Wants Devin Clark versus Nico Negomariano. Sure. Uh, Barry O'Reilly. Nope. Ty- another Tyra Schnell pick. Okay. Jun Young Park versus Joaquin Buckley. Uh, not bad, except I believe Buckley is finally going to make that drop down to welterweight, so I don't think we see that. Nakamura versus Ricky Tercios. Like, how do you feel about that? Damn. Ricky's fun, but I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. I that'd, think... Be a, that'd be a... That, that might be the weirdest... That, that could be the weirdest <laughs> we fight. Should do, that might be history. the most MMA fight of this year, so maybe we do that. Anshul Jubbly versus Vacheslav Borshev. Boy, that's a tough one. Oh, friends forever, Mike. Adam Fugit and Josh Quinlan. How about that? Barry O'Reilly and Mike, Beautiful. friends forever. You guys are all on the same page. Uh, Sergey on Sergey. Devin Clark versus Paul Craig. Craig has had two bad defeats. Should take a bit of a step back. Clark poses threats in the feet on the ground. If he takes Craig down, Craig can do damage from his back. Interesting fight, and we'll see if Clark is someone who can make the rankings. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's never been ranked before. I don't think in the UFC, certainly not in MMA fighting rankings. If he beats Craig, he's getting some top 15, top, top, top 15 votes. Uh, and Hayes with third. Can't believe I missed out on sending questions. Uh, gotta remember. Yeah, man, you miss out on a lot of fun. Send in those. Anytime we do uh, uh, AUA, ought no, definitely send stuff in. Uh, some we've seen before. Tabura, Tom Aspinall, being returned by mid-late summer. I like that. Fugit. I thought yeah. about that too. 
I think like or or yeah, I thought about that one because it would be like a good a good comeback fight to see where mm-hmm. he's at. But yeah, I don't mind. That you one. get Angelusa. Okay, I like that. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Iron Turtle, Jun Young Park. Oh, it's not Jun Young Park. Excuse me. Um, he's the Iron Turtle, right? Who's the I? Which one's the Iron yeah. Turtle? <laughs> the Jun Young Park. The, right? I don't. Who's the Iron Turtle? Wait a minute. Did, did the Iron? Yeah, he's the Iron he, Turtle. Jun Young Park is the Iron Turtle. He's the Iron Turtle. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Da and Jung who fought. The, I'm sorry. This was. The, conf- Wait a minute. I think Hayes. No, Jung Young Park fought too. Jung Young. Oh yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Jung Young Park fought Dennis Tulin. That's the one fight we didn't mention, and he looked very good. So sorry. Thank you, Hayes. Hayes wants uh, Edmund Shabazian for him. Oh, and, and he's kind of set this up before. He said he said he wants the Edmund fight, the winner of this fight. So yeah, seems logical. And uh, also another Tyra Sumadereji pick. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna keep chugging along here. Marcus also sent to me. Uh, Matt, this is Matt Bradbury. Is Matt Bradbury? Matt Bradbury going with uh, Tyra Alan Nascimento, Jun Young Park, Bruno Fernandez. Sure, we've got some of these. Uh, Martin Tabora, Chris Dawkins. Chris Dawkins is fighting. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, he's not. Chris Dawkins just lost. Devin Clark versus Kroot Menefield. Loser. I don't mind it, except Devin Clark already beat Alonzo Menefield. That's one of the reasons I didn't go there, but I would like to see Devin Clark and Kroot, so that's not bad. Uh, what else we got here? Fedor Sweater. No long, uh, uh, enjoy retirement, Fedor Sweater. Anshul Jubilee versus Mahishate. It says, it's the fight the world needs to see. Okay. Uh, last uh, last one here from the emails. Our pal Tristan Gordet. Uh, Tetsuro Tara versus Cody Durden. Tristan, my man. Uh, Rinya Nakamura versus Arichi Lang. Adam Fugit versus Angelusa. Oh, a popular pick. And Devin Clark versus Kennedy Enzachuku. Again, part of that cluster of guys who I was talking about before that uh, Devin has not fought, but is kind of closely ranked too. So there you go. So thanks, guys. Thanks for sending in. We definitely need them this week. Um, hopefully we don't have a card that is anywhere near this time zone, ET, uh, ever again. Mike. Not only, I was going to say this year, but I'm going to say ever again. <laughs> Though, now that I think about it... <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> No, go ahead. I go guess ahead. we are going to have some some screwy times uh, with the next fight, aren't we? Next, the next uh, UFC event, aren't we? Uh, I mean, like the fight week stuff will be screwy uh-huh. times, but the fight, but the fight night itself is the Quote, normal. Unquote, normal. Times, oh, right? is it? Okay, okay. I was worried. Okay, so just with yeah, 10 p.m. Eastern main card. 10... Oh, we're fine. Okay, okay, yeah. my God. Okay, I, for some reason I thought yeah, they shifted it because for for Australia time. Okay. Yeah, the only. Which, by the way, I wouldn't hate because it would be what it'd be ten a.m. Sunday morning. I would freaking love that'd that. That'd be interesting. That would, I mean, that'd and be then we just do Otno. We do it like a live Otno that evening or something. <laughs> yeah, we do like eighteen live streams in a row. <laughs> that'd be fun. So I think yeah, it's that one, and then we got two eighty-five, which is the normal mm. time. I think two eighty-six is a different time. I think it's earlier. I think they're going like kind of like the two p.m. start time ish around there. Okay. I believe that's what's happening. I could be crazy, but that's what I thought we were doing. But let me just check. Yeah, to I'm make looking right sure, now. Yes, yeah. I hope that's 1 p.m. for prelims. Yeah, 1 p.m. prelims oh, at 5 o'clock. 5 that's p.m. main the best. Yeah. That's nice. That's, that's awesome. Nice. I love that. Absolutely love that. But next week, because it is a pay-per-view, we will be live. That's right. Uh, I will be in some hotel lobby in New York trying to find some internet that actually works. And we will do a live edition of this here program following UFC 284. And it's 
I was going to say it's a good one, but I don't know if, I mean, the main event's great. There's three really good fights on this card. That is for sure. Uh, it's going down this Saturday, February 11th in Perth, Western Australia. Of course, the main event, we all know what it is. Dana White only apparently knows one half of the main event. If you listen to the post-fight press conference on Saturday, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus uh, that other dude. <laughs> That he forgot. <laughs> Islam Makachev, yes. Uh, he's challenging Islam Makachev for the lightweight title. Yair Rodriguez, Josh Emmett for the interim featherweight title. That is your co-main event. Featured bout is a freaking banger. Randy Brown versus the surging Jack Della Maddalena. Justin Taffa versus Paca Porta. Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. That is your main card. Prelims, Tyson Pedro versus the returning Modestus Bukoskis. I spoke with Modestus last week. You'll get some just really good stuff. Um, the road this man traveled to get back to the UFC is pretty incredible. Josh Kulibau versus Melzig Bagdasarian. Clayton Rodriguez, Shannon Ross. Jamie Malarkey, Francisco Prado. Jack Jenkins versus Don Shanus. A lot of... Uh, a lot of dropping the Oz on this card with Don Shanus and Pacaporta. Loma Lugbunmi versus Elise Reed. Blake Bilder versus Shane Young. And Zubaira Tukagoff versus Elvis Brenner. That is your card. That is 13 fights. And remember, this one was supposed to have Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa. This is supposed to have Kai Car France versus Alex Perez. And that's just not the case anymore. But main event friggin' rules and... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for those. Yeah, fights. yeah, the magnitude of the main event will carry this card. Uh, certainly not one we'll say. Listen, this is one of those cards. If you, if you miss a few of the prelims, uh, you'll be fine catching up with them later. I don't think you'll. I don't think you're going to cry if you miss some of these live. I mean, definitely you're going to want to see. You know, uh, Loma Luke Boonby, Elise Reed, fights like that, and Jane Malarkey, Francisco Prado could be really fun. But if again, if you don't catch fights like that live, I think you'll be okay. It's you don't need to dedicate your whole yes. day to this card, is what we're saying. But that main event. Boy, yes. we could be talking. I have a feeling will be the ripples of this main event will be felt for a while, regardless of who wins. That is that I feel confident about. Yes, and the beauty of that is you can watch it with us because I will be back in New York, the UFC 284 watch party. Uh, there's going to be a lot of traveling to New York apparently over the next month or so because we got this card, we got 285, and then 286 is two weeks after that. So uh, a lot of time in the studio with GC and special guests, so it should be a lot of fun. You can watch the historic Makachev versus Volkanovski main event with us, and it's just going to be the best. So don't forget that. It's going to be a busy week. Jose Youngs, as we speak, is on his way to Perth, Western Australia, to cover this event, our boots on the ground. And like AK mentioned earlier, start times for a lot of the stuff, they're going to be sort of all over the place. So just go to YouTube, set up the little notification thing. So if it's at a wacky time and you're sleeping, you wake up, notification. Oh, Alexander Volkanovsky said, what? Islam Makachev said, what? Hakaporta said, what? Hakaporta gets 275,000 views and I will be a happy camper. So <laughs> thank you very much. It's on to UFC 284, baby. I appreciate you. AK appreciates you. For my best friend, AK, I am Mike Heck. Always remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we'll have more fun live right here next week following UFC 284. I'm on to the next one, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.